Hi guys, my name is Rebecca. Welcome to the show and the place where we are unleashing women to be who God created them to be, to have fruitful relationships with Christ, to produce good fruit on this planet, to actually bring heaven to earth. That is what we were created for and it's when we are the most satisfied. I'm a Christian speaker and a life coach and this is a place for any woman who loves God and loves growth and wants to make the most of her life right now. Let's get to the good stuff. Hey everybody, welcome to the show today. I am... Believe it or not, and you can probably tell by the title of the episode, we're going to be talking about suffering again. <laughs> we're going to be talking about it from a different angle and hitting on different things than we did last week. And it's a different guest. But before you tune out, I want to take a moment and just kind of acknowledge the fact that, you know, as a Christian life coach, you know, that's what I do. You guys know. And I'm always trying to help women figure out how to kind of feel better and make their lives better. And how, how can we claim truth and how can we live in God's way so that we live the abundant life? Like just, you know, before we talk about pain and suffering for the second week in a row, I want to pause and say the reason that we're talking about this for the second week in a row is because going through suffering is part of God's design for us to live the abundant life. Um, suffering that God allows for us, suffering that is not sort of self-induced, but maybe allowed by God for the refining of, of us is a really critical part of the Christian journey. And it's something that I think a lot of people avoid. And it's something that our culture and society avoids. We just want to be happy all the time. We want to do all the personal development work and all the everything we can possibly do to just be to feel good all the time. And yet feeling low or bad or down or whatever you want to call it um, or uncomfortable, feeling difficult feelings is like really, really, really important. And so, yes, that's why we're talking about it for the second week in a row. My guest today's name is Karis and her and her husband um, have four children. They live in northern Virginia. Uh, she is a wife, mother, author, counselor, speaker. She's struggled with chronic illness for many years and is passionate about sharing how God has led her through this journey. Her heart is to walk alongside others in their suffering and to seek God's comfort and hope in the process. Her book title is Suffering Redeemed. It is available now, right? Is that correct? <laughs> Yes. Okay. <laughs> it's available now. And um, she's going to tell us a little bit more about it, but welcome to the show. Thank you. It's good to be here. Yeah. I'm so glad you're here with us. And I'm so glad that we get to talk, uh, you know, just to even hear another person's perspective on this type of journey and to encourage anybody listening, who's maybe in the middle of something like this, or maybe needs to lean into it. So can you just give the audience a real quick summary of your story, what you've been through? <laughs> sure. Uh, so I guess I'll just start with, I, I was raised in a Christian home. My parents are missionaries. So we grew up overseas some, which was a huge blessing mm. and was, um, can, I mean, ever since I remember, I believed in Jesus and uh, so that was, again, a huge blessing. I, I don't take that for granted. 
Um, and during, during my high school years, I had some couple years of just testing the waters, trying to, trying to find my, <laughs> make sure my faith was authentic, I guess, but, right. mm-hmm. um, got through that. And then, um, it was, I, I got married when I was 25 and I was actually on my honeymoon when I started feeling really sick and mm-hmm. I was like, something is not right with me. Um, but my husband was in, is a mili- in the military, so he was deploying shortly after we got married to Iraq. <clears throat> so I was thinking, well, maybe it's just nerves. And that's yeah. what the doctor said. They're like, probably just nervous. So anyways, went through lots of diff- tests and um, come to find out many months later that I had several different parasites that I had gotten while I was in Pakistan visiting my sister, who was a missionary. And they didn't know what to do with me. We were in Alaska. So they hmm. sent me down to Seattle and went through lots of different treatments because it's there are different types of parasites that can go into organs. And anyways, okay. I'll spare all the details, but it was a long process of just hmm. eradicating those. And then I thought, okay, I've done that. Now I'm going to get back to my healthy self. And hmm. <laughs> it didn't happen. So Um, my husband was deployed for 15 months and through that time, I just continued to get sicker and sicker and, um, just didn't get back to feeling the energy or have an appetite. I lost a lot of weight. Um, and so that, you know, so it really changed my life a lot. Like I had been very active and, um, you know, I sports and everything and was still mm-hmm. relatively young at 25. So just mm-hmm. wasn't used to living in a body that just didn't work anymore. Mm-hmm. And, um, How long did so that I think, for? oh, so that just, so I, I mean, I got out of the, like the serious condition after, a, I don't know, after about a year, but then after that, I just, um, I just didn't feel well. And I, I didn't have mm-hmm. an appetite. I couldn't eat like I used to, Um, and, and then it kind of, it's kind of spiraled into a series and it was during that time I was having some different testings done. They found a a tumor in my pituitary, pituitary gland, and I was told I wouldn't be able to have any kids, which was also devastating, um, because we really wanted kids. Obviously that changed. We have four kids now, but, um, but that news must've been, (laughs) but that news was hard on top of everything else. Mm. So it, it. Um, yeah, so it, it just started this series of a lot of, um, kind of one thing after the other. Um, it's, I was, I've had kidney problems, heart problems, pancreas problems. Mm. Um, I, I was diagnosed with, with Lyme disease, um, a few years ago, which I've probably had for a long time, but yeah. it just, the symptoms were just kind of, um, masking through other things that I had going on. Yeah. So the doctors, you know, basically it's, it's, I think what's really hard about it is it's not like, um, I have like a clear diagnosis with a clear way forward. It's just kind of been one thing after the other. Mm-hmm. And I've been in and out of the hospital, you know, on feeding tubes and, you know, all sorts of different medications trying to, and it seems like one thing goes wrong and then something else, you know, our bodies are just Mm. so interconnected and so yeah yeah, it's just 
it, it feels like, you know, a, a horrible roller coaster that's never going to end. That's how it's felt at times. You know, I, I feel like in the last few years, God's really given me um, just a lot more grace to, to see it, not through the eyes of fear, which I did for many years. It was a very, you know, mm -hmm. I always felt like, what is going to happen next? Wh when's my next emergency room? You know, like I was, you know, I'd be going to the emergency room once or twice a month, you know, for a long time. So it's just, um, yeah, I, I guess I'll just stop there. It's just, yeah. it's kind of yeah. been a, a process of, yeah. of, um, learning to live in this, with this, you know, with this body that is broken. Um, but also to see how God has really used it in yeah. a lot of great ways at the same time. Okay. Cause it's not like it's completely gone away. Is that right? No, Okay. no, no. I mean, it's, I feel like I'm more stable right now than I have been at other times. You know, okay. the last year has, has been a little more stable, which I thank God for, Yeah. but sure. it's definitely something that is ongoing. And I, um, I live with, you know, I, I live with pain and other issues. Um, mm -hmm. I have neuropathy, so I have limited feeling in my legs and my feet and my hands. And so it's, it's, um, yeah, it's just, it's just a daily thing that I have to wake up and say, okay, God, <laughs> yeah, help. Yeah. You know? yeah. How old are you? If you don't mind me asking. I'm 40. I just turned 43. Okay. Okay. So just to give people a perspective of like kind of how long you've been dealing. I mean, it's been what? Yeah. So 18, 18, 18 years. Okay. Wow. Um, when did you, I don't know if it was like right away in the first couple of months or six months, or maybe it took a couple of years, but like, did you have a moment with the Lord where you were like, okay, I, I, I've kind of lost hope. And now I've just given into getting mad about this. Like I feel forsaken or I feel like mm -hmm. you don't see me. Do you, did that happen at some point? Um, points. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Many points. <laughs> Long way. Um, it would, I felt like, that. yeah, it would be maybe kind of cycles of yeah. despair, you know, of losing hope of, and yeah. then, you know, God sending a word, God, God is just so gracious to, to bring us back mm -hmm. up. You know, there's so many times I can tell you where I felt like mm -hmm. I can't handle another thing. I don't know if I can go on another day. And yeah. sometimes I didn't feel like I wanted to. And yet God, I can just, you know, I just look back and see mm -hmm. his grace, you know, putting people in my life, you know, a word, a dream or something that, or a song or a sermon, you know, he's just, mm -hmm. he's so good at that. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, there's definitely times where mm -hmm. I think for the first, probably several years, I don't know, probably seven, eight years where I, I had a, a, a deep fear of, of dishonoring God, of displeasing mm -hmm. him. And so I didn't share, I, I, I kept a lot of my anger, um, grief, pain mm -hmm. in and not sharing with, even though I know God can see our hearts fully, but I just, um, I wanted, I wanted so well to honor him that I, I was afraid that my emotions and that whatever was in there that I knew <laughs> would come out at some afraid point would be, yeah, yeah, that it, yeah. that it would, I would come across as um, I don't know, like being angry, angry at God or like, or, um, mm. yeah, dishonoring his name or not being a good example or a witness to someone else. Mm. And so well, there was a, that. 
Do you- oh yeah. So there was a point, my, my older sister is really great. She's my, well, both my sisters are my best friends, but she, she really helped me like just learn. So she gave me this book, learning to lament. And then mm-hmm. she gave me a couple, cause at first I was like, I, what am I lamenting over? And she's like, Harris, you have lost a lot of your life through this. Like that's a lot to lose. And mm-hmm. so just becoming to see that mm-hmm. that's okay. And then the Psalms were, yes. I just, I mm-hmm. love the Psalms. I could live in the Psalms. Mm-hmm. I, they just were so beneficial and, and so helpful for me to just learn how to pour out my heart to God in ways that are very real and honest and raw, but then also at the same time to acknowledge him and to not lose hope, you know, to, to speak, to preach to your own soul, basically like, okay, you know, why so downcast on my whole soul, put your hope in God. And so just this, they're Mm -hmm. just, they're just so wonderful. And so I think that was, that also was just a process of learning to, to be okay not being okay myself and realize that God's okay with that too. He can handle, and I guys, we talked about this in the podcast I just listened to, but just God can handle that. And, um, and also that it's so important to let other people in because honestly, I didn't, I didn't really even let my husband in because I didn't want to be a burden. Uh, It was like, he is dealing with so much with his deployment. Oh, wow. I don't want to tell him how bad this really is. And so or my family too. Like I just, Mm. so again, that was a process I think of humbling myself and realizing that I need, I need other people to help me in this and we need to do this together. Yeah. Um, let's talk for a second about being like brutally honest with God. I think a lot of people feel the way that you feel, which is, but if I say this thing, or if this ugliness comes out, or if I scream or yell or doubt him or accuse him or get mad or get jealous or get angry, that makes me, I don't know, like a bad Christian or what, whatever those things were that you were feeling, like, I'm not going to honor him or whatever. Um, I never really felt that way over my years. I don't know, maybe just different personalities or raised differently, who knows, but um I can like I'm a I'm ashamed in a way when I when I look back at some of the ways I talked to God, you know, during my single years. I remember some of my prayer drives that I would take and and cry and yell and I mean, if I'm honest, cuss and be angry and how could you and how dare you and I would talk to God like mm um, a child throwing a fit. That's really the best way to explain it. And I knew, like, I knew even in those moments that the truth, I knew the truth. Um, but I also knew that those were how I was really feeling. And so I was always like, I have to get these out. I need to get these out because it kind of made me feel sick and uncomfortable and whatever to swallow them or pretend or hold them in. So I was like, I just have to say it, or I have to write it, or I have to you know, whatever. I didn't really mean them in my heart. I didn't mean, I hate you, God, or you're mean, or you're unfair, but those feelings were welling up inside of me. And I just, well, like I had to get them out. Mm-hmm. Can you relate to that at all? Does that make sense? Yes. I, I think, you know, I, my understanding and what I think is just God, when we come to him, no matter what state we're in, he, he loves it because I mean, if we go, we could go rant and rave to anyone else. Right. But that's not going to do any good. It's not going to do that good. I mean, it's okay. But, but God, I just think his, his heart is so, 
compassionate. I mean, when you look, even at the Old Testament, like how many times compassion or tenderhearted or like st- his steadfast love, all these, all these things are just ready to pour out on us. Mm-hmm. And it's, mm-hmm. it's, we have to come to him. And, you know, I, I had a mentor who was, who was like, Harris, you are not, you are not in a place of, of receiving because you haven't even opened up your, your hands to like right. give God anything. So you're right. like, you're right. like tight fisted and, right. um, and it yeah. was, you know, that was during that time when I was just having to release more. Okay. I need to release this to the Lord so that yeah. he can give me grace that so he can, he can fill up all this stuff. Yeah. Like you said, and, that we just hold in. Yeah. And, or correct us, um, maybe tenderly like, um, rebuke. I rebuke, mean, yes. there were moments when the Lord would like, I love you and I see you and I know this is really hard, but also like, that's pride, Rebecca, that's idolatry, Rebecca. Like the things in my heart that needed to get rooted out, were not going to get rooted out unless I went and told him the whole story and showed him my heart. I say that right now to encourage any woman listening, like even with the small, I don't want to say smaller things. Cause these aren't small things, but like maybe you're struggling with motherhood. Like it's not as wonderful as you, it's not fulfilling all of your desires. Like, have mm-hmm. you told God that? Because it's only in those moments that God's going to come in and like rearrange or purify or comfort. Like he can't get it. Like you said, he can't get in there and do the thing that needs to be done when you're not even offering it to him. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's my little coachy moment. <laughs> and I'll just add one thing that comes, well, to add one thing that comes to mind there too, is I think when we are in affliction or suffering or, or just struggling with something, even small or big, it, it agitates us, right? It, it, I had the, I had a pastor that gave this illustration of like, when we are in, in a, a situation like that, that is hard, it's like, a a, a glass water with a bunch of like dirt and sediment at the bottom. And then we're shaken up and all that stuff comes and we can, it's exposed, right? So usually when things are going well, that's just kind of all settled the bottom. You don't really see our sin doesn't really come out, but right. it's in those moments where it, it it resurfaces. And then God, like you said, God can deal with it. So yeah. it's, and I think sometimes it's when we speak it that we realize, oh my goodness, I am feeling angry or I'm feeling jealous or I am feeling, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever it is. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and then we open up a place where we are ready to be like corrected or, you know, we we can be yeah, yeah, comforted or convicted of sin. Yeah. Whatever. And I've said this before too, I think somewhere on the podcast, but whatever's in our heart, he can handle. If it's sin, he he's the one who needs to handle it. If it's suffering, he's the one who needs to comfort us. If it's you know, longing or desire, he's the one that can point us in the right direction and, or fulfill us completely. If those longings or desires are unmet, like the crazy array of human emotions, like, and, and the sources and causes of all of them can only be met in him. So like, why do we feel we have to hide them from him? Why do we feel like we have to hide them? But like you said, I know a lot of people have that experience of like, oh, but that's, I mean, God is holy and we're supposed to respect him. And I get that. I do get that. Um, But I also want to push in and say, I think it's very trusting Mm -hmm. to be able to walk up to God and be like, here's my whole heart. And I trust that you're God. Like you're the only Mm -hmm. one something with all this. You're the only one 
who can fix. So maybe it feels irreverent. And I'll be honest, there have been times in my life where I was irreverent and I think it was irreverent, but I definitely talked to him like a daddy and a daughter. I don't know. That's the way I did it. <laughs> that's beautiful. That's, that's, I think that's beautiful. And he would I had to grow a lot, you know, and he would correct <laughs> me too. There, there are moments that I'm like, Oh, yikes. I don't have the right to talk to you like that. And, and that's what I needed. You know, that's what my heart needed. So, okay. So, um, I also love that you just admitted that there's cycles of this, the cycles of feeling good or at least strong or trusting God. And then another moment of despair or a, after a couple of years or months, another moment of, I can't handle this again. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember feeling some of those feelings as well. I'm sure there's women listening who feel those feelings for whatever their life situation is. I can't handle this again. And yet, like you said, God just sustains us doesn't he like again he He gives us like a deeper word or a better word or Mm -hmm. something new and we keep going Mm -hmm. (laughs) right like that's just and would you say that your faith got deeper your roots got deeper like how has this cycle benefited you Mm. Definitely. I look back at, (laughs) I'm kind of a journaler. So I look back at some of my journals, pre whatever, pre illness and they're sweet. Like they're, they're, I had a sweet relationship with God. Um, and, but now I, I, I can, I was pretty naive at the same time, you know, and I think God, I've just, I have seen the depth of of growth and dependence and the intimacy, you know, when sometimes, you know, it feels hard to feel so dependent upon God to to feel so needy. I mean, literally every morning when I wake up, I'm like, Mm. if I don't have time with God before the day starts, like, I don't know how it would, I don't know how it would go on. So I am very intentional to get up before my kids wake up, which is pretty early and get in the word because I, I, I really am so desperate to be filled up. And it, like I said, it is, it sometimes I'm like, I wish it didn't, I didn't have to feel this needy for God, not like a bad needy, but like, he just, he's so satisfying, right. That it's, it's like, I need this to go on. And especially if I'm going to be pouring into other people, it's, I know, I know I need to be filled up first. And so I think that's one thing is just, it's, it's really revealed my weakness and revealed my need and, Mm. um, and in a, in a good way. Yeah. And has it, like you said, needy sounds kind of negative, but does it feel more like a thirst or a hunger? Like a, like a, now that I know how much you satisfy, I, I just, I want you more every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think of what Paul says, you know, Philippians three, that, you know, all things, we can count all things lost compared to the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I think it is through other things being stripped away that I maybe, you know, we, we can be, I know God has given us so many good gifts to enjoy. And I'm not saying that we should enjoy them because we should to the fullest extent, but at the same time, when some of the things that we maybe are enjoying are taken away, then, then God takes that place. And for me, it's, 
you know, I've, I've come to know him more and I think value him more because I have lost some of the things maybe I was depending on too much, you know, that we don't know what our idols or I don't know, we're placing too much value or worth on until really until they're taken away. And, Mm -hmm. um, and, and to know that God's steadfast love, like he says in the Psalms is better than life. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've, I, that's challenged me at times. Cause sometimes I feel like I just want to feel healthy again. I just want a healthy body. Like, I feel like sometimes I feel like that's mm-hmm. the most thing I want. And mm-hmm. yet I know that God's worth and you know, it's mm-hmm. an eternal perspective. It's that's, that's not the ultimate. Um, and again, I'm not saying that God doesn't want good things to us for us because he does. And we're supposed yeah. to pray yeah. that things are on earth as they, I mean, things, that things should be on earth as they are in heaven. So mm. it's good to pray like that, but, um, yeah, let's pause on that for a second. Um, do you think that we should be praying for and believing for, I think, or maybe two different things or hoping, I don't know for the deliverance, for the healing, for the single woman out there, a husband, for the woman who can't have kids, a baby, like how, how, what's your take on us expecting an end to the suffering? So that's a great question, which I have wrestled with so much over the years, but I will say, absolutely. We should pray I had somebody tell me this because I I've asked many wise people like that question, you know, should I keep after 18 years of praying for healing? Should I keep, should I keep praying? Like, is that, is, is that a no from God? I prayed for a husband 18 (laughs) years and And there were many years. Well, but there were many years where I was like, I can't, it like hurts too bad to pray. So I'm like, I love you, God. I'm not mad at you but I can't really keep hoping like it's right. The disappointment is, is really hard to deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. But, but what I, what I think is unless God clearly says no or stop praying that we should pray until we get, well, until God gives us that, whatever, that good thing or the day we die. I mean, I, I literally will keep praying until I die and expecting to, I mean, I, I think I go through periods of, of greater faith, of greater expectancy. Um, and then periods of more, not like giving up, but kind of more of a surrendered, okay, God, like I, mm-hmm. I, you know, and, and my family, my kids are so sweet. They pray for me every single night. They all three, all four of them, you know, they pray for healing. And I'm like, don't you guys get tired of this? Like mm. you keep praying, but they're, you know, it's the faith, like a child. They're just like, yeah. we're going to keep praying. And so, yeah, I, I think, I think the danger comes and I've, I've been here where you're just our, the hope is placed too much in that thing. And then the disappointment becomes overwhelming and it becomes despair because it has not happened, you know? And I, I've seen that happen a few times in my life. And so I've really had to offer that up to the Lord and kind of reconsider how I'm praying but mm-hmm. I will say, I absolutely. I think we should, I think we should keep praying for whatever yeah. that good thing is. Yeah. I mean, you just, you literally just described like a shifting our hope from the, the thing to God himself. And, you know, when my hope shifted and it did over the years, 
my, I still had a desire for marriage. And so, yeah, my prayer would change instead of bring me a husband. I need a husband. I want a husband. It would be, I do desire a husband, God. And, but I, my hope is in you in the sense that either you can sustain me, you can fulfill me. Maybe you have a different plan for me. I'm not going to lose my hope that you are good and that you see me and that you're for me and not against me, even though you haven't given me this thing I want. Like that's where the prayer had to evolve to eventually. Mm -hmm. I I mean, your goodness, even though you're not giving me this thing I want. Um, and still saying, I still want it. I still believe in your goodness that you're not giving it to me, but I still kind of want it. Um, so yeah, what a, I mean, it's, and it's just the sanctification process. I don't think that you or I are unique. I think, um, in fact, I think all Christians go through some version of this because it is how we get refined. It's, it's something that we don't really have the power to create on our own, you know, this level of sanctification or growth. Mm -hmm. And so God is like, well, how am I going to do it for this person? And how am I going to do it for this person? How am I going to do it? And it can feel mean. Yeah. (laughs) I remember being like, you, you literally feel like mean, like this feels like you are trying to hurt us, which feels (laughs) pretty hard to reconcile. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you felt that way too. Mm -hmm. And then yeah. we just tell God and he gives us some truth, right? Yeah. Yeah. Perspective, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, what, what would you say about like what works for you or hasn't worked for you when people are trying to comfort you or help you And another way to ask this question really is how do you think that we should love other people who are suffering? Hmm. Cause I know over my years of really struggling with the goodness of God and just all these different things, some people really sat with me in it and, you know, loved me through it. And some people made jokes about it, didn't know what to say, said terrible Mm -hmm. things, like were very unhelpful. So yeah, whether the person listening is the sufferer or the person listening right now has a friend or a husband or a family member who's like going through something that's been chronic many, 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 many years. Do you have any advice for how people can love and support them? Yeah, um, I think a big thing is to to just be present um, because you know, I was in my book, um, I wrote some about the Job's friends, you know, who get a lot of bad rap, but the, for the first seven days, they did a great job of just sitting with Job yeah. and sitting in his pain and being quiet, right? They didn't say a word for seven days, which is a long time to sit with someone. That's and then they kind friend. of, yeah, that's a, yeah. So yeah. I think, you know, there's, there's something to be said about just sticking with that person, you know, because I think when you're going through something that's hard, you, at least for me, like I dealt a lot with shame and why am I still sick? Is something wrong with me? You know, and, and some people, yeah, I know there's a lot of Christians who like are trying to be helpful and like, do you have sin in your life, you know, or Mm -hmm. do you not have enough faith? And, and I don't, you know, it, it was, it, it's been hard for me. I feel like I'm, I do better with those types of questions now because I see 
their, their intent is really to want to help and try to, I think when we see somebody in a hard situation, we just want to get them out. So we're like, how can I do that? Like, mm-hmm. what can I do to get them out of this situation as fast mm-hmm. as possible? Um, which is not usually always helpful, you know, when you just try to, Mm-mm. it's kind of like making judgments or trying to get to the conclusion before yeah, like you get all the be, middle. Yeah. 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 There must be a reason and a way to fix it is kind of yes. effective instead of surrendering to God's sovereignty and the fact that maybe this is God's plan for this person. Right. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, oh, we, you mean we can't just find the, you can't just eat all the right foods and feel better. Rebecca, you can't just get all the, on all the apps and find the husband. Like, no. What if we're doing everything we're supposed to be doing yeah. <laughs> praying exactly the way we're supposed to be praying. And yet they're still suffering for some mm-hmm. Christians like, or people that makes them very uncomfortable. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's, I think there's, there's a lot, it just oversimplification. Um, and, and so I think a huge thing is just getting informed, right. Whether that's just asking questions, if they're, if the person is comfortable with sharing, you know, cause sometimes the situation is complicated. Sometimes the person may not want to talk, but just trying to understand the, the situation or the person and then in listening, right. Asking follow-up questions, um, Another thing is, is really asking specifically, I think sometimes people are afraid to ask, like, how can I actually help? Like, what is a practical way that I can help you? Mm-hmm. Um, and cause I've had a lot of people, you know, when I share, they're just like, oh, and then they don't know, how, like if I, sh- if they ask something about my health, they don't know, it's like uncomfortable. Right. So they're like, um, Mm. And then they just kind of change the topic, which is, is fine. Like, I don't, I don't feel like hurt by that, but I think mm. instead of when, when we, if, especially in the body of Christ, like we're supposed to be there for each other. We're supposed to carry each other's yes. burdens. We're, we're supposed to be a family. Right. So, so entering into each other's pain is just, mm-hmm. there's just something so beautiful about mm-hmm. coming together and sharing that burden. And, mm-hmm. and like, I have a few friends who, who are just so persistent in praying for me, you know, or, or, you know, like who know a lot and they just to have them like not give up on me, (laughs) I guess in a way, you know, even it's the same struggle when you're living with the same struggle for a long time, it can feel like, are they getting tired of me because of this struggle? Yeah. 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 But, but they're Mm. like, no, this is, we're, we're in this with you. And I think that is Mm. just, it speaks more than, than anything else. That's so good. Yeah. I had people who stuck with me through it all too. And I, I occasionally felt that way too. I'm like, they must be so annoyed. I'm annoyed. <laughs> the sound of yeah, my I'm annoyed. Yeah. Like, they must be so annoyed. <laughs> um, okay. So I wrote down a lot of what you just said to kind of, you know, recap, you said just sticking with them through it, asking questions and trying to understand, not trying to fix them necessarily or their problem or like over-spiritualize it and then practically asking how they can help. Did I summarize it pretty well? Yeah, that's, that's good. Awesome. Um, well, we've got a few minutes left here. Is there anything burning a hole in your mind or in your heart that you just like has been stirred up and you want to share it or you want to ask me or anything you want to tell us about like what God is teaching you right now? 
So I think one of the things recently is just this idea of embracing the mystery that so many mysteries, but, but God is just, I think a lot of times I've asked why, like, God, why tell me why I need to, why, if I just knew why about this, this, you know, that, but just, Mm. you know, this is our only chance here on earth in heaven. We're going to know, well, I think we will like, or maybe we won't care anymore because we'll be with Jesus, but this is our only chance to really live by faith in the mystery of not understanding God's ways, Mm. especially in suffering or in pain or when things are not working out. And, you know, my journey has been one with, with many questions and disappointments and wondering why I didn't, God didn't come through. I'm like, there's certain times I'm like, God, this would be the perfect time for you to step in and do something, you know, but and um, make you look good. I remember thinking that too. I'm like, you would get so much glory yeah, all this if yeah, you would just yeah. like come through already. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, I know. So, but just that. I don't know. Psalm 131 just talks about uh, like a weaned child with its mother and how content it is. And I just feel like that's what God is saying. Like, you know what? You you don't have to know all the answers. Um, it's okay. And it's okay for me to just be at peace and be, be with my father and be, and be okay. Just in his presence. Like that is the, the comfort and the love and the joy that we need is, is his presence and just being satisfied with that. So, um, yeah, I just think that there's, God is, God is glorified when we, when our faith, and it's usually through storms and trials that our faith is tested and tried. And so, and that we trust um, him without answers and without explanation. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Which doesn't mean without evidence. I mean, I want people to hear me when I say, because I think specifically maybe like atheists or whoever would say, okay, you guys sound ridiculous. Like you're just trusting God without, you know, Mm -hmm any, you're giving them your whole life and there's no answers to your questions. Uh, There is evidence that God is real Mm -hmm. and that God is with me and that God loves me and that Mm -hmm. like God is enough, all the things. Right. Um, and I, I don't think I would still be a Christian if I didn't have that, you know, I have a real experience of God that is stronger and more real than anything I've ever, or as real, I don't know what the word there is, anything I've ever experienced tangibly on this earth. So, Mm he gives us that evidence, right. And, and proof of him. And then he's like, but in this situation, you know, you might not get an answer. You might not get the why. And are you going to love me anyway? Are you going to stay anyway? Are you going to trust me anyway? Mm. Well said. Thanks. (laughs) Well, true though. (laughs) Well said to you also, which makes me think your book is probably amazing because you have yeah, I mean, you've had to go deep. You Your roots have had to go incredibly deep. And where there's deep, there's rich soil, there's truth, there's good stuff. So tell my people maybe a little bit more about where they can find you or find your book if they're interested. Sure. So easiest place, probably just go to Amazon. Um, it's called Suffering Redeemed, Finding Strength to Endure, Purpose and Pain and Hope for Tomorrow. And it's got Kindle and paperback there. Um, my website is karismeyer.com. And I'll put the link for all that stuff in the show notes. Okay. Yeah. So I have a blog on there. You can find the book along with like a, a set of reflective questions for each chapter. Um, mm-hmm. And then I'm on Instagram and Facebook. Awesome. And I, yeah, I'll put all those links so people can just find you and continue to be inspired by you and your journey. But also, you know, I was like, 
I was just thinking to myself, thank you for your faithfulness to the Lord. Or like your faithfulness is uh, leadership to other women, but also thank you to God for his faithfulness to you. Amen. Right. <laughs> yes. Feel that way. Like in our good oh, days, yes. in our good moments, we're like, I, I could lose it still. I'm like, but he was so faithful. I know. It's amazing. It's amazing. God is amazing. I, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure, Karis. Thank you for joining me today. Mm-hmm. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening all the way through to the end. Make sure you check the show notes for links to everything that was referenced in today's episode. Make sure you join the Facebook page and the Abundant Life Lab if you want to be doing this work on a practical level. And ladies, there are so many people out there who need this content. Women who are wondering what they were made for. Women who are trying to fix their bad theology. Women who think there must be more life than this. Please rate and review the show. Please share it on your social media. Please send it to friends so that we can continue to build an army of women who are bringing glory to God and bringing heaven to earth. Thanks. See you next week.